Good morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. It is Sunday, June 26th. Um, it is the last Sunday of our year in terms of how our appointment season works. Um, and obviously, uh, next Sunday is right around the 4th of July, and I know some of you will be here and some of you may not because you may be doing other stuff with family. So if I don't see you next week, happy new appointment year then. Um, do we have any announcements? We had fun on Wednesday, didn't we, Sarah? I yeah. Oh, yeah, you think so, AJ? Yeah, we had lots of foam, lots of water, yeah, lots of sticky, yeah, yeah, the bubbles, yeah, so we had 15, Sarah, 15 children, 26 people all together, counting the adults, uh, I think even Emma had fun there in the end, didn't she, Dave? She had, she, oh, you go right ahead, go for it. Once it was exciting. <laughs> I saw foam this high with kids walking in it. And they all enjoyed themselves. And I think we as a congregation owe a lot to Sarah and Barbara for putting on this program. They have a lot of things planned for the next five, six weeks. And I think maybe somewhere along the line, we ought to think of taking up a special offering because I know they spend a lot of money out of their own pockets. So think about it. This week we're going to blow things up. J just, just, you know, not much, but... We already almost burnt this down. Now yeah, well, you want to blow things up? But, but we're going to be outside. We're good. <clears throat> we're good. We're outside. Yeah, all the trustees just did one of these. <laughs> we're good. Outside. <laughs> Anything <Okay>. else? <laughs> No, I can't top that. Okay. <laughs> Two o'clock on Wednesdays. Did you have an announcement? Every Wednesday. Okay. I have a brief announcement. Uh, I got a call from Jean Helzerman, and her health has not been great. I will, she's stable, but I'll update you later. She has a concern about the beauty of the church grounds, and she and Lynn, her husband, uh, bless their hearts, have been planting annuals in the large pots at the entryway. And I noticed we have two little cute petunias who have volunteered, but Jean has not been able to be here to plant a few annuals like a spike or petunias. So speaking of volunteer petunias, if you all could, any of you volunteer to plant a few petunias or something in the pots during the next week or so, she would be ever so grateful. I'm not sure I can add that to my pot, to my plate of items. But um, if any of you are thinking of doing a little planting, she and Lynn can probably help water from time to time, but these are the two planters uh, right outside the front entrance. If you can do something, take care of it, or call Jean and let her know. Okay, do we have any others? Yes. She's going to lock the doors, so no, I'm just kidding. All right, anything else? Going once, twice.
twice sold. All right, cool. So that's some of the, the ministry work we do here, some of the business of the church, some of the goings-ons and happenings and whatnot. So, um, but I ask you now to please turn your hearts and minds to a time of worship, and I'm going to hand things over to our praise band, who is going to get us started uh, with some awesome music, and hope you will join us. Yes, good morning. So if, if you who are able, please grab a red folder near you in the pew. If you're able, please stand. Otherwise, just sing in place. We'll start with uh, number 10, Hosanna, and we'll sing Hosanna verse, then the glory verse, then the Hosanna verse again. And following that, we will be seated for our second song. Give the love and righteousness, scorn 
catch fire, as disciples draw flame, as apostles walk in the Spirit, O Holy One, Holy Three, fill us with fervent desire to enter your kingdom. Lead us by the cross of Christ to live in the love of Christ, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The blessings that come from God are rich like fruits of summer. With our tithes and our offerings, let us give thanks and praise to the triune God, to the Son for our salvation, the Spirit for our rising, and the Creator of heaven and earth.
please rise and join in singing our doxology. God, our maker, our savior, our source of life, we thank you for your self-giving love. You made us in your image and gave us a home in your world. You did not forsake us when our sin brought disaster upon what you love. Instead, you sojourned with us in the wasteland. You taught us neighbor love and holiness through the commands of Moses. You spoke to us words of justice, correction, and kindness in the poetry of the prophets. We thank you that in the fullness of time you sent the Son to be born of Mary by the Holy Spirit to be the perfect image of God. We thank you that Christ Jesus gave himself up on the cross to free us from the bondage to sin and death. We thank you for receiving him in resurrection and ascension, the firstborn of the new creation. Through him we have freedom to walk in the Spirit that is eternal life. We present our offerings and commit ourselves to follow Jesus Christ, love our neighbors, and share the fruits of the Spirit, giving you thanks and praise, O holy triune God. Amen. You may be seated. It is now time for our youth moment, if our youth and children would come on up. Okay, you need to sit down there. DeAndre, I need you to sit down there, please. Okay. <clears throat> How are you guys doing today? I love your dress, by the way. Very nice. I just want to start the demonstration right now. Okay. So, do you guys have any pets? Yeah, yes. What do you guys have? A dog. A dog. Okay. I, I know we don't have any pets at home yet. Um, do you remember where you guys got your dog? Did, did you get your dog from, go ahead. Okay, so from a shelter. Is that right, Mom? Yes, okay. So, when you first brought your dog home, did he kind of run around all crazy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was just, like, really excited, running around. Okay, so... I bet that, that your dog was so excited because usually at a shelter, they have to stay in a cage. And now he got to run around your house and your yard and, and he felt like he was free probably, right? Because he could just go nuts. But you guys probably had to teach him some stuff, right? You had to work with him so he, he didn't maybe get a little too crazy and didn't run around too much. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> that's kind of like how God is with us. Because when Jesus came 
and saved us, we were free. But we would end up being all crazy and running around, which is why God sent the Holy Spirit to help teach us how we can be good Christians, how we can be good to each other, how we can still be free in Christ, but how we can do it in a way that God would still be happy so that we were loving each other and helping each other and, and setting a good example for the rest of the world. So, so it's kind of similar to what, you're, to what you guys had to do with your dog when you rescued him, just the same way Jesus rescued us. Does that kind of make sense? A little bit maybe, yeah. So, what other animals could you maybe rescue from a place like the Humane Society? A cat, yeah. Do you think you'd have to, do you think you'd have to teach the cat the rules of the house when you got him home? Yeah, because they might, they might just go nuts too. Yeah. Oh, the sea slugs? I don't know if the Humane Society has sea slugs. Um, they, yes, they don't live very long. They're very, they're very beautiful, and they have all kinds of fun. I will show you guys pictures of sea slugs maybe next week or the week after. There are ones that look like little cows and little sheep, but they live in the ocean. It's really cool. Yes, there's a couple that look just like Pokemon, too. So. Um, so, can you think of any other animals that maybe could be rescued? What? I think you could act, I don't know if you can do a turtle, I don't know. They might have a turtle at the Humane Society. Maybe not all the Humane Society locations, but some. Yeah? Yeah, you said the cat before. Maybe a bird. But, but, yeah, like a parrot. Daddy would love a parrot, but... No, there is no, there aren't any penguins here. <clears throat> then I'd be holding it. Um, so, so like I said, so just like we can, we can rescue animals to be our pets and train them, you know, to how to live in our house and, and be good, God does the same thing with us. Okay? So, we do need to do the Lord's Prayer. You're right. We, we don't have a parrot in here because mommy won't let daddy have a bird, remember? But if you would, guess what? What? They would, you would copy you and there would be two passwords. Dad and a parrot. Yes, da daddy would like a parrot because he would use it like a, a voice message machine to have it take notes for him. All right, so when we do the Lord's Prayer, we have to remember we need to say it nice and calm because it's a really important prayer. It's the prayer that Jesus taught the disciples, okay? So we, we, we got to take it serious, all right? It's not the last day of church. What? Yes, we're going to do it all together. I said it's the last day of the appointment year. All right, ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you guys so much. You did a great job. Please head back to the adults that you were hanging out with. Um, or in the, the area where all the coloring books and stuff are. And if you would rise as you are all able for our next hymn, number 203, Hail to the Lord's Anointed. <laughs> You may be seated. <clears throat> it is now time for us to lift our joys and concerns, um, and Teresa will come around with a microphone. Also, during this time, since I forgot again at the beginning of the service, if you would please fill out the attendance book, um, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, but do we have any joys and concerns we'd like to lift up this morning? Okay, we've got Chris.
a few months ago I had my upper teeth extracted and now I have to go in and they have to drill into the bone and sink posts to have the dentures snap into them. I'm kind of concerned that the doctor doesn't make any mistakes because I make them. Fair enough. I definitely prayers. And we need Chris back because this has been on the books for a while. I wanted to say really quick, I was uh, very happy to be, have gotten to see my family this past week, but also I would hope we can all pray for each other because I know we've got a lot of friends and family members on the road this summer and the up north down south and traveling all around hundreds and hundreds of miles and I'm always thinking how wonderful it is when we don't have traffic accidents so just pray for each other that the Lord will protect us and getting back to Gene Helzerman I mentioned it to pastor very very briefly but the deal is Gene is not ill but she did have something that happened to her leg when they were having work done on their house several weeks ago and she was walking from the house to wherever the shed was or what have you it may have been just uneven ground she didn't fall she didn't do anything that she knows of but she's having a lot of pain between hip and knee and she has talked with her doctor but she needs to go ahead and pursue it further but she's concerned about our you know pots out front so be thinking of Jean. And didn't you say she suffers from sciatica? Well, not necessarily. Well, she does have rheumatoid arthritis, okay. and she's had that for many, many, many years, so she's quite a trooper for having RA. And uh, she's had hip replacements in the past. Oh. And so that's another possibility that she's going to have to explore as far as whether it's time to do more replacement. But anyway, think of Do we have any others? I do want to add in uh, connection with what Therese was saying about travel, also prayers um, that uh, all drivers, not just ourselves, but all drivers on the road would not uh, fall into road rage um, and frustration that maybe we could all see that time on the road as a moment for while still paying attention, don't misunderstand, um, but an opportunity to even pray to God, um, to reflect on blessings in our lives. There's lots of different things we can do in that time to help keep us from getting frustrated. Um, again, recognize that that is not always the easiest thing to do, um, especially someone who came from the state of Illinois in the Chicagoland area. Um, I recognize that that can be a challenge. If you would join me in number 393, Spirit of the Living God, in our call to prayer.
join me in an attitude of prayer. God of the angels and the saints and light, head of the church, universal and apostolic, midwife of new creation, hear us as we pray for the coming of your kingdom. Cleanse the pollution of the world caused by human sin. Receive the body of the earth and the bodies of your children into your holy presence. Dwell with us and be our light. Hear us as we pray for the healing of the nations. Silence the wars and rumors of terror that plague the human family. Guide leaders of the world to the river and the tree of life. May the fruits of the Spirit feed the people of the earth. Hear us as we pray for all who suffer. Lift the yoke of human pain from the sick, the hungry, and the grieving. Move the hearts of your people to serve all who are in need. Hear us as we pray for the church. Lay the mantle of Elijah on the shoulders of the people of God. Let the Spirit shine in the eyes of the body of Christ. With a mighty voice, let the church roar justice. With a tender kiss, let her pray mercy. With the sign of the cross, let her say peace be with you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. If you would please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. O oh God, by your spirit, plant your word within us that we may follow your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and never leave him. May we find our home in your kingdom and our life in your spirit. Amen. Our scripture reading for this morning is 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 6 to 14. You can find it in the Pew Bible on page 359. While I was reviewing this, we had a little discussion between Elijah and Elisha. Now, Elisha is commonly a woman's name, but in the Old Testament, Elisha, Elisha was a man's name, well used. So it's kind of confusing if you're thinking that way when you read this. I'm going to read from the messenger this morning, which is a, comp a compository Bible. <clears throat> Just before God took Elijah to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on a walk out to Galilee. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. God has sent me on an errand to Bethel. Elisha said, not on your life. I am not letting you out of my sight. So they both went to Bethel. The guides of prophets at Bethel met Elisha and said, Did you know that going, God is going to take your master away from you today? Yes, he said, I know it, but keep it quiet. Then Elisha said, I went too far, but anyway. Then Elisha, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. God has sent me on an errand to the Jordan. Elisha said, 
not on your life. I'm not letting you out of my sight. And to the and the two of them went their way together. Meanwhile, 50 men from the guild of the prophets gathered some distance away, while the two of them stood at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and hit the water with it. The river divided, and the two men walked through the dry land. When they reached the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Ask anything. Elisha said, your life repeat, repeat it in me. I want to be a holy man just as you are. That's the hard one, said Elijah. But if you watch when they take me from you, you'll get what you asked for, but only if you watch. And so it happened. They were walking along and talking. Suddenly a chariot and horses of fire came before them and Elijah went up in whirlwind to heaven. Elisha saw it all and shouted, my father, my father, you. The chariot and the cavalry of Israel, when, they, when he could no longer see anything, he grabbed his robe, ripped it into pieces, then he picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him, returned to the shores of the Jordan and stood there. He took Elijah's saw cloak, all that was left of Elijah, and he hit the river with it, saying, Now, where is the God of Elijah? Where is he? When he struck the water, the river divided, and Elijah walked through the walk through. Thanks be to God. And now, if you'll join us and rise and sing the promise hymn, page 707. seated. 
Our second reading for today can be found beginning on page 1154 in the Pew Bibles. We are in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 1, and then continuing to verses 13 through 25. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, self-ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me once again in an attitude of prayer. Holy One, ignite within us a fiery passion for your mission in the world today. Warm us by the Spirit's dancing tongues of flame that we may feel your kindling blaze within, urging us to do your greater good. Make us wholly present to experience a new birth and awaken possibilities within us to share your love in the world. In this love and abundance, we come to celebrate your harvest, a harvest bearing the first fruits of the Spirit within us. Show us how to use these gifts as we listen for your truth in the gentle breeze of your spirit. And now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to all of you. This is the last Sunday before I begin ministry, not only with all of you, but also with the United Methodist Church in Macon. Beginning July 1st, I will be serving both churches, and I'm looking forward to continuing in ministry with all of you, as well as beginning the adventure and journey of ministry with the congregation in Macon. 
That will also be the July 4th weekend when our country celebrates its independence from Great Britain. And the word freedom will be used quite a bit. Um, an interesting fact, if you didn't know, is that Great Britain is responsible for the most uh, Independence Day celebrations in the world, which is because they try to take over most of the world. Now, even though it's not yet July 4th, I would like to talk a little bit today about freedom, but maybe in, in a little different terms than what we would think about around the 4th of July. We're once again in the text of Paul's letter to the Galatians, the Gentile Christians that we, we talked about last week. And one of the things that Paul focused on earlier in his letter and that we talked about last week had to do with who qualifies as a child of God. Paul specifically pointed out that in Christ there was no longer Gentile or Jew, male or female, and, and so on. And as we discussed, that meant that the Gentile Christians were still able to be counted as children of God, even if they had not been a part of the original covenant that God made with the Jewish people thousands of years before. They were, however, these Gentile Christians, covered under the new covenant that Jesus made through his life, sacrifice, and salvific acts. So in this fifth chapter, we find Paul exhorting the Galatians to remain in the freedom that Christ has established. But just what was this freedom from exactly? Well, it was actually freedom that enables the Galatians, as well as other Gentile Christians, to belong to the Christian community without submitting <clears throat> to certain Jewish rituals. Paul's exhortation extended his plea for the Galatians to choose freedom over what he considered and called slavery in his allegory of Hagar and Sarah that is found earlier in chapter 4. And yes, I said slavery in the eyes of Paul and many others that I would wager to guess the Galatians' submission to the law is tantamount to slavery. You see, Christ had redeemed the Gentiles from this necessity of becoming Jews when joining the covenant family. For example, undergoing circumcision would, again, in the eyes of Paul and others, have undercut, no pun intended, would have undercut Christ's redemptive work on behalf of Gentiles. And even though we did not read it this morning, this is evidenced by the words in verse 4 where Paul asserts, you who want to be justified by the law have cut yourselves off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. This is significant for many reasons, but specific, or especially so because separation from Christ is really exile of the absolute worst kind. For Paul, by removing people from the protective covering of God's grace, this separation leaves people vulnerable to the influences of evil. 
But as we see in the beginning of verse 13, Paul, Paul must have also feared that the Galatians might misinterpret their freedom as some kind of, of license or pass for immorality. Beginning in verse 13, Paul offers these ethical instructions to the Galatians to help guide them along in their lives as part of the Christian community as children of God. Because for Paul, authentic Christian discipleship requires both righteous beliefs and righteous behaviors. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one humbly in love. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, self-ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That's a pretty long list. Now, you might be wondering or thinking to yourselves, yeah, that's great for the Galatians, Pastor Michael, but what does that have to do with us? Well, first off, we need to remember that the Galatians were Gentile Christians. And as I stated last week, unless you have some Jewish lineage in your family tree somewhere, you too are a Gentile Christian by the definitions of that time and day. So everything that Paul is saying to the Galatians, he is also saying to all of us. Paul warns us against falling into the slavery of the Jewish rituals and traditions, but also wants the Galatians and then us to live into the fruit of the Holy Spirit, to not be trapped in these ways of, of evil or not living into what it means to be a child of God. Verses 22 through 25 highlight this for the readers then and today. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And there are many ways that our desire to bear fruit of love or peace can be manifest in our ministry work, and in how we live out our faith authentically every day. <clears throat> but it takes an active and authentic decision to live in the Spirit, to live in freedom through our faith in Christ that produces those, those fruits of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I'll go a step further to say that, that all of that can be overwhelming 
and confusing at times, even when we go in with the best efforts and intentions. The question that we sometimes need to ask ourselves, and maybe even one another, is which trajectory, it's a hard word this early in the morning, with its fruits do we choose? And sometimes we have to ask that question to take the time to reflect on, on what we're doing versus what we claim to be doing or what we want to be doing. Are we in reality choosing slavery, the law, and the flesh? Or are we in truth choosing freedom, faith in Christ, and life in the Spirit? The answer we want to choose, want to claim, may seem very obvious, but the answer we actually live into may not always be the one we want to claim. It may not always be that black and white, that crystal clear, that divided. We ourselves and the communities that we serve, we freely choose the path we take and the fruit we live by. But one of the challenges that I think that we, we maybe sometimes overlook or ignore is that freedom can sometimes feel like danger. That overwhelming, raw fear of change, it can sometimes drive people and even communities to the comfort of familiarity. <coughs> Excuse me, or the comfort of what is familiar. You have heard me say so many times that as humans, we don't like change in our lives. Change, especially change that we don't feel that we have any say in or control of, it scares us because ultimately it means that we have to admit and acknowledge that we are not in complete control of our world and our lives or even in any control really in many cases. The unfortunate reality is that the, the familiar, the things that we might try and find comfort in, and responsibility can look like important things to us. Things that we feel like we must do to keep our lives moving along. Things that we, we can't imagine not doing. But the familiar and responsibility or perceived responsibility can also look something like pouring our efforts into a career that is not a calling for us or enabling destructive behavior in the name of parental love or keeping quiet about an injustice that bobs up and down in our consciousness. These things can become like dead zones in our personal and our communal lives. And yet, they are all created by the righteous role of the quiet, uncomplaining, law-abiding citizen or member of a congregation who gradually becomes enslaved. Those familiar social boundaries that once provided guidance or 
the law that provided offense for the Jews. None of that can any longer hold us in safety. Instead, those things become a yoke that shapes and creates in us the mind of a slave. They weigh us down to the point that we're too tired, we're, we're too programmed in the routines to go out and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Another part of the challenge in all of this is that when we look at that list of what freedom is really like when we embrace it, daring to live in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you notice what is missing from that list that I think many people might be expecting to find when it comes to freedom? How about comfort? Comfort is not anywhere on that list. And this is where a lot of us, I believe, maybe even all of us from time to time at least, this is where I think we struggle. We tend to think about freedom in terms of being able to do whatever we want or say whatever we want. And that's normal, at least I think it is, especially in regards to our country's history and founding. We, we make the claim that we are, you know, the the freest country in the world. Our, our creation was founded on claiming freedoms of, of people against what we saw as tyranny. That's the kind of understanding that we've been taught in, in school and that many people have given their life to defend. But when it comes to freedom in Christ, we're called to more. Now that is not to say that we must live uncomfortably to live in Christ. Rather, we can't let our nature to search out comfort prevent us from our call to all of those other things. Sometimes to live in love, it can be uncomfortable. We are called to love neighbor as ourselves, and again, I know I've said this a handful of times at least, we're not always the easiest people to love. When we disagree, when we say or do hurtful things, we have a hard enough time even loving ourselves. Sometimes to live in joy, that can be uncomfortable too, even though that might sound counter to what we might assume. Sometimes to live in peace, it can be uncomfortable. Sometimes to live in patience or kindness or generosity or faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, in any and all of those things, it can be uncomfortable sometimes. But none of them should ever leave us feeling alone. Because as Christ calls us to these things, 
Christ also walks alongside us, and the Holy Spirit is working within us. We, ourselves, our communities, our our ministry efforts, our very living, all of that determined to try to stand firm because for freedom Christ has set us free. If you use our country's effort to become free from the rule of of the British monarchy, to live into that freedom, to achieve that freedom, there were a lot of times that were uncomfortable. And I'm not even talking about the actual war itself. That definitely was uncomfortable. But just getting to that point, having conversations in in secret places so that your life wouldn't be at risk. Talking about doing something no one had ever thought about in that time, in that place before. To become free. To change the whole dynamic of 13 colonies There was a lot of things that were uncomfortable about all of that. So this morning and and always, I pray that we will always remember that we have a living hope in our freedom in Christ. Just as I pray that we will remember that we have a living hope as children of God. I pray that we will not let ourselves become enslaved by traditions or social structures that harm you or others. Now, that's not to say that we throw out every tradition everywhere in our lives. There are some traditions that are amazing, that serve very well, do good things, help remind us of important parts of our history, of our faith and who we are. But we also have to be willing to look objectively at traditions and social structures in our lives that may be harmful, whether to others who are not present in this space or even to ourselves. I pray that we will not let ourselves become enslaved by anything in this life that would prevent us from finding and living into the living hope of Jesus Christ. And I pray that we will always do our very best and continue to try and get better at loving our God with our, all of our very being and loving our neighbors as ourselves while again also loving ourselves as Jesus loves us. We have freedom. Let us live into it. Let us enjoy the fruits of the Spirit and use them to spread the good news. Amen. If you would rise as you are able for our closing hymn number 389, Freely, Freely.
Beloved children of God, let your life show the goodness of God. Pray with all your being. Thank the Spirit for simple pleasures. Guard your mind and spirit against false desires or ambitions that would lead you away from loving your neighbor as yourself. Build up the community around you. Live at peace in the body of Christ. Be loyal to that which is worthy of your loyalty, God's presence and God's future. And may God make you free as an eagle riding the wind. Christ gives you a home in the kingdom he is bringing. The Holy Spirit fills your belly with fire and your heart with joy. Amen. Amen. 